Battery bill. Battery bill. For cameras, computers, cars, or scooters. For trucks, boats, jet skis, remotes. Battery bill. Battery bill. All right, how's it going, everybody? It is episode 65 here on Hawaii Football Now. Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes back with you. Uh, big mahalo to Spectrum Mobile Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and Battery Bill, our proud sponsors of this here humble podcast. It is Tuesday, November 22nd. Uh, we record this at 645, 649, officially as we hit the record button, AM, Hawaii time. Uh, getting up early. Appreciate the guys for uh, joining me here uh, a little earlier than our normal wake up call. Got a busy week. Uh, Thanksgiving week, of course, as we are set to release this on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Uh, so that gives us a nice chance on our little opening drive here, Hunter, to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Everybody who has stuck with us for uh, 65 weeks here on the podcast. Um, and what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than with uh, with a little Hawaii win? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to our faithful listeners out there. I was just thinking about that, Jordan. We're almost two full seasons of UH football under our belt now with Hawaii football now. Um, pretty hard to believe. But uh, yeah, it's always better when we can uh, riff back and forth off the win rather than the seemingly week in, week out, stick to the process hob hobnob you know what i mean it's just it's it's so much better when we can talk about a win uh did great this last weekend it, it really is like just the the overall self-esteem i think of football fans in the universe in hawaii uh fans of the university of hawaii like it just it just was a better sunday you know it was a better start to this week on monday um it was uh, a little optimism in the air. It's the final home game, right? It's like the last impression in person for this group. Uh, so it's 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 nice. It's nice to head into the Thanksgiving week where you can enjoy some time with family. Obviously, always still got one game left, and it'd be nice to wrap up the season with a win because it had been a while since we had a chance to talk about a win, right? Riding a four-game losing streak and having just two total wins on the season prior to uh, Saturday's victory over UNLV. All right, that'll give us a chance to uh, remind you that Hawaii Football Now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. As Hawaii's largest credit union, they are committed to serving individuals and businesses through its 14 branch locations statewide and convenient digital banking services. As a leader in providing support for the island, Hawaii USA is committed to strengthening Hawaii's financial wellness and sharing successes with members, local businesses, and the greater community. Visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, game time here. Hawaii wins. Oh. We just we have we haven't been able to say that in a while. We haven't been able to say that often during the 12 game season up to this point. They are now three and nine after a 31 to 25 victory over UNLV. They finally get their hands back on one of the four rivalry trophies. Got a chance to maybe claim another this weekend up in San Jose. Hunter talked about the we could only talk so much about hey, stay the course, stick to the process, trust the plan. Um, and let me tell you, after the first 30 minutes on Saturday, I was like, here we go again, man. Like how eerily similar has it been to, I don't know, five, six games this season where they, you know, they take a lead 
early in the ball game after giving up an opening field goal, right? They led seven to three, but they, they trailed 13 to seven at halftime. Um, the offense looked great on the opening drive and then abysmal, not great anyway. Um, over the next four drives, they went on a nine play drive at 75 or 85 yards, 75 yards, whatever it was to score on the opening possession. Then they ran 12 plays the rest of the half and got 51 yards. <laughs> like it was same, but it was like a similar script to what we had seen throughout the season. And then, and then this team, I don't know if it was an inspiring halftime speech. I don't know if it was a flipping philosophy uh, in how they were going to go ahead and attack teams offensively. I don't know if it was just, um, you know, divine intervention. Uh, but then they outscore UNLV 14 to three in the third to take the lead, led it 31 22, right? Had a little bit of a cushion uh, before a late field goal um, kind of cut the final margin. Uh, I thought thoroughly outplayed UNLV in the second half, scored on the opening drive of the second half to take the lead, set the tone. Um, and outside of two fumbles, one that was directly led to a UNLV touchdown uh, on a strip sack, and then one that prevented Hawaii from adding further points on the board down inside, deep inside of UNLV territory. Otherwise, Hawaii probably wins this even more comfortably and don't have to kind of, you know, squeeze at the end, recover an onside kick, and pick up a first down. Um, it was a great senior night win, a win that reclaims the Island Showdown trophy. And again, Hawaii now three and nine, two and five in the Mountain West with one game to go in San Jose. But that third to middle of the fourth quarter I thought was as good as this team has looked in a long time and and maybe maybe all season I mean even the first two wins right there were some some peaks and valleys and not to say that there wasn't in this ball game either but man it was fun to see it was fun to watch it was entertaining like the way that they were throwing the football around the way that the defense was flying around getting stops it was nice it was nice and you could see the joy from this group uh, after the win Oh, totally. I, I felt like, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier coming out of the halftime, if coach Timmy had said something to the team, well, part of my game day responsibilities is, you know, as a sideline reporter for ESPN Honolulu is to interview coach Timmy Chang at halftime. And so I, I wait for him over there at the tunnel and he spent more time in the locker room this week than any other week we were literally went all the way down to like two minutes before the second half kickoff that he comes strolling back out of the um the tunnel and I'm running with him to you know get back to the sideline so they they must have said something to get the boys riled up and man the second half it felt like they um they turned on what what have you turbo after booster something to uh just invigorate this team and it was just um it was beautiful to watch it i felt like we were courageous with our play calling uh we weren't afraid to throw the ball down the field a little bit to take some shots to uh even some risks with uh with some of the the throws the the deep ball design bones was was awesome um I had a chance to talk with to uh, Britton Shager after the game too. And he mentioned um, actually how windy it was on the field. And uh, Jordan, you remember you were on the sideline with me for uh, mm-hmm. at least the first half before the torrential downpour <laughs> in the third quarter. Um, and uh, with the wind, it was actually really hard for those guys to judge um, how much uh, play and how much give that win was going to affect that ball. So um, hats off to him. I felt like this 
was by far his best effort as a starting quarterback for University of Hawaii um, with with three total touchdowns and spread the love around again, man, with uh, um, Ati Malala catching the first one, Caleb Phillips, and then obviously Zion Bowens with the bomb uh, later on. So it's fun whenever Hawaii uh, Hawaii's offense is doing well, but there's something different when we when we get it done in the air. It's kind of in our identity to pass the ball. Yeah, and I think it opens everything up, right? I, I I think the fear from folks is that, look, if you overcommit to the pass, like then you minimize the effects of Diedrich Parson, of Tylen Hines. But I think those can coexist, right? It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, but I think with the the aggression that you talked about, with the the moxie, the the bravery, if you will, to, to go ahead and trust Braden Shager, right? To put the football in the air. It just opens everything up. It makes a good running back tandem, uh, I think, even better by taking a little pressure off of them, right? You don't have to rely on Deidre Parson um, sometimes making something out of nothing, right? That guy just finds creases and fine holes. Uh, it's been so fun to watch him in person over the last two years uh, with this University of Hawaii team. And then what Tylen Hines can do, his explosiveness. But when you when you come out with a certain mindset, right, and they did that in the second half, and I, I'm with you, Braden Shager, right, goes 16 of 27, 202 yards, kind of modest numbers, if you will, but the three touchdowns, so basically one out of like almost every five passes went for a touchdown yes. from him um, in the ball game, no interceptions. He did have the one fumble, which, you know, he'll learn from, uh, especially with the situation in the ball game. They were up at that point. Just just eat it, right? You don't, you don't need to kind of force and extend the play there. But anyway, that's and the one mistake. Yeah, that's the one mistake he had. And, and other than that, uh, I, I I just loved to start the second half. He goes four for four on third down on that first drive to start the third quarter. Then they end up scoring on. He goes five for five to start the, the, the second half. He completed his first third down throw on the second drive as well. And so just showing what he can do when entrusted, right? And And I think there have still been... I think the jury was still out for some folks with Shager. Right? Okay, you see it, but is it is it there? Is he a guy who can consistently do it? You, you, you've seen the 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 peaks and valleys with him as a thrower, but I just think it's been he's been a um, I don't know, a victim's maybe not the right word, but he has been part of the the circumstance of the offense not really knowing or, or having a, a a keen sense of exactly how they want to go about it right there, there are different things that have worked but I don't know if they've really settled in on exactly what their identity wants to be uh, but it seemed like in that second half it was like hey look we're gonna we're gonna trust them we're gonna put the ball in the air we're still gonna run the football we're not gonna abandon that but it's gonna be uh, an aggressive mentality as you pointed out a, a having a little bit of trust, a little bit of confidence. We're going to push the ball downfield. And you saw it in flashes. Um, but really, in that second half, they 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 tried to play on the front foot. They tried to keep UNLV on their heels. And I just I just thought it was a, a shift. And look, they, the players got to go out and execute, right? It wasn't like they didn't face third down. As we mentioned, they were four for four on third down on that opening drive. That helps. Right. You'd love to stay out of those situations and, and pick up chunk plays, but it, it wasn't the case in that situation. But it, it was it seemed different. And I don't know. Is, is it is it uh, a little bit of an overreaction, Hunter, just because they were actually able to to drive down the field or or was it actually something a little bit of a shift? 
No, I, I thought it was definitely a shift. You know, when I think back to the beginning of our season, uh, really for the first five games or so, we were still in this kind of vague, not knowing who our starter was going to be week to week. We were uh, still doing the whole Joey Yellen game time decision, might be him, might be Jay, uh, Braden Shager. Uh, maybe Cam and Cooper's in there too. Like we were in that kind of um, just inability to make a decision with our offense, uh, not just from personnel, but from a scheme perspective too. Um, and then throw in their midseason injuries. Uh, we lose Pinoke. Um, Zion Bowens went down at the beginning of the year. Um, and so it was kind of a process for us as a, as an offense to, you know, lay brick and start to build towards what we saw this past weekend. I felt like we um, committed to a certain number of things uh, and played inspiring football on the offensive side. It, it felt like these guys wanted to play for something. I know we'll get into this later, but it was senior night. Um, mm -hmm. The the other goals of you know, winning the Mountain West, making it to a bowl game, having a winning season. All three of those things are unfortunately off the table now. Um, but there is love for each other. And you could see it on the field that that was um, definitely something that these guys were playing for. So um, I, I hope that we can build off of this. You know, I, I mentioned it to you on the sideline that one thing that you know, we talked to Coach uh, Shoemaker before the season. He's a phenomenal football mind, great football IQ. You know, one of his strengths, I think, is his ability to game plan for a team because our first possession as an offense is always phenomenal. I mean, it's dialed, it's um, diverse, it's dynamic. And then whenever we need to make adjustments, maybe it kind of slows down, like the plane comes back onto the ground a little bit. Um, I felt like coming out of the second half, we kind of ditched that and we're like, we're putting the pedal to the metal, even if we lose or, or, uh, or fail, we're going to fail greatly in an attempt to send these seniors out positively. Yeah. It, it just uh, seemed like an offense that was willing to push the issue and put more pressure on, on the defense in, in, in different areas. And so it was fun to see defensively. You know, they, they gave up some yards, right? You know, if you outgained Hawaii 427 to 369, um, the Rebels threw for just shy of 300 yards, ran it for just shy of 140. Um, but it was a defense that stiffened up, right? And and I think kind of played the the scenario or the recipe that is usually successful in, in modern college football. Like, give up yards, that's fine. Just don't give up points, right? And that opening drive, UNLV marched right down the field, and it was like, oh, boy, uh-oh. I kind of had the feeling like, look, we'll find out kind of quickly what this yeah. matchup is going to be, how how closely matched the two teams were. Remember, you know, V came in as double digit favorites in this ball game um, via the Vegas line. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know, this this isn't a good open. But then down in the red zone, multiple times they stiffened uh, in the first half. The only touchdown that they gave up came on a short field um, after UH was backed up, failed to convert a first down, went three and out and had to punt from near their own goal line. Uh, that was the only touchdown, really, that that they gave up in the first half. And so, you know, Logan Taylor, Mickey Pay, Penny Pavihi were were everywhere. Those guys all had eight plus tackles. Logan Taylor again, double digit tackles in every start that he's had for the University of Hawaii. Mickey was and a pick. Was, 
and and a pick that's right and it was one of those right that, that was the only takeaway for the university of hawaii they actually lost a turnover battle hawaii had the two fumbles and, and the yeah. one interception on the other end for the defense uh so you got outgained uh you lost the turnover battle but you still win the football game right and i think that's a testament to how well they played in portions and so you know it, it, Again, it, it defensively, it's not like they have to be locked down. And again, when you have an offense, particularly in that second half, that held the football a little bit longer, was able to convert on third down, it just takes so much pressure off the defense where they don't have to play perfect, right? In a first half where you score seven points, it's like, man, this defense, they're they are kind of hanging on here. They were on the field for a long time in the first half as well. Uh, I think UNLV had almost 10 minutes more of the football. I think it was something like eight minutes more of the football in the first half. Uh, in terms of time of possession. And so then you can play a little looser. You can maybe some of the bounces go your way, like that crazy quirky interception that bounced into the hands of Logan Taylor. Uh, and it was just kind of nice to see them play free, uh, play fast. Uh, even if they gave up some yards, uh, the, the the name of the game is keep the team out of the end zone. And they did that against UNLV. Again, UNLV's points, basically field goals, a defensive score, than then the one offensive touchdown in the first half. Yeah. Um, Doug Brumfield, UNLV's um, quarterback, is kind of like a Cam Newton. You know, 6'5", dual threat capability, big, athletic, strong. Um, I was worried, Jordan, in that first drive. Uh, was back there and uh, seeing those long legs uh, get through uh, the D-line a little bit, and he just starts running run around and scamping around like crazy. I'm like, oh, boy, this – is going to be a day and our defense, you know, even though they drove the length of the field, we were able to um, keep them from getting six and just, uh, you know, surrendered the three points right there, which I thought was a huge win to start the game off. Um, and yeah, he, anytime you play an athletic guy like that, uh, at least at this level um, of group of five division one schools, they can really take over a game. They really can. Um, that style of a player. So I, I really thought this was a great job from our defense, only allowing 25 points from UNLV and really only, uh, I guess, 19 of those, if you will, comes from their offense because of mm -hmm. the one strip sack that resulted in a um, a touchdown for, for UNLV. So, um, yeah, I thought defense played fantastic. Uh hit hard too at times like uh our boy um uh Manuma who I think could mm -hmm. end up if he stays healthy could end up being one of the better safeties in UH history you know if he stays for the long haul out here uh just with what a great freshman campaign he has already put together I think he's going to grow into his body a little bit more too love seeing the Troy Palomalu hair out there we need at least one of those guys uh for the Polynesian University of Hawaii football team, it just fits. Um, but uh, as a unit, it was uh, it was an inspiring effort uh, from our defense. Yeah, they hold UNLV to four field goals, right? And and the one touchdown uh, late in the first half, five field goal attempts in total for UNLV. Gutierrez, their kicker was was really good uh, and kind of funny. Became public enemy number one for for folks uh, in the stadium. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was that, getting a little cocky out there. Yeah, he uh, was. Uh, it was for those few feathers. Yeah, for for those that weren't at uh, at the game after uh, I think it was his second field goal, which was a bomb. I think it was like forty five plus or something like that. Yeah, forty eight. It was 
Yeah. Um, he kicked it and about halfway up turned around to our fans and kind of tilted his head with his arms crossed. Um, and so we were kind of rooting for, uh, um, pride to come before his fall, which, uh, ultimately he, he hit one off of the uprights in the second half. So yeah, you're exactly right. Public enemy. Number one was their kicker. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, switching gears a little bit, just a little more big picture. This senior class, 20 of them uh, celebrated on senior night. And it, you could just, you could tell it was, a, it was a bit cathartic, I think, for this group when they finished out the game, right? Got the onside kick recover, uh, recovery. Jordan Murray, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a disappointing season, I think, for him. Came in with high expectations after such a productive FCS career. Um, in the first phase of his collegiate journey, um, but still making an impact, right? Getting out there on special teams. I just thought that was kind of indicative of this group um, because it was, I thought, a really nice reward for a team that has stuck together, that has put in the work, even through the losses this season. Um, you know, the the fact that most of them have gone through at least one coaching change. A bunch of them have gone through two coaching changes. Uh, Kamu Borden has gone through three coaching changes. Uh, he came in when Norm uh, Chow was still the coach, you know, uh, the one holdover. Like, it's been one crazy stretch after another for these guys. Um, and, you know, it just, just to see them stick together. Like, for, for a team that was 2-9 and nine coming in, most two and nine teams, man, there'd be dissension. The guys would be kind of checked out. Like it, it, it really is a testament, I think. And you know, all the talk of the brotherhood, and and it sounds great, right? And and the off season, we talked about the coaching staff and the team really making strides and kind of winning the off season for whatever that's worth, right? And and ultimately, it doesn't mean much until you get into the season, uh, and and they're ultimately judged by wins and losses, and that hasn't gone the way that they had planned in terms of the win loss column. But one thing that I think it has shown up in is the fact that this team hasn't quit. This team has showed fight that they've been in ball games repeatedly, especially in the mountain West season, right of their seven conference games, all, but one of them have come down to the final possession basically, or come down to the fourth quarter. And, and you can see how much that this group enjoys each other how much accountability there is just in the way that senior night I thought unfolded, right? The the running back group, which is inherently kind of a competitive position because only so many touches can go around. Like they all carried Dedrick Parson off the field, yeah. you know, and, and and that included Tylen Hines and Najee Bryant Lillet and all the other guys that, that get touches. Uh, they carry the offensive lineman carried L Manning off the field. Like it was, it was chicken skin type stuff and, and you could, oh, yeah. it, it just felt good you know, for, for lack of a more eloquent way to put that. Um, and for them to get that win, right. It's the last time this team will be all together because, you know, when you take the travel squad up, you can't take everybody uh, or last game, I guess I should say, where you you have everybody together because you can't take everybody on the road, um, which is the case in their final game of the season at San Jose. Um, it uh, There's something there, right. And whatever that turns into, Hard to say. You hope it does lead to more wins next season once they get the foundation laid, once this coaching staff gets back on the recruiting trail once again. But there, there's something bigger there than just a three and nine team that has gone through the hellfire. Um, it, 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 it really does seem that way when you're when you're around the group and and the way that you saw them kind of embrace each other following this win. 
Yeah. Um, I know we'll probably get into a little bit more of this in the overtime segment, uh, Jordan, but uh, it's kind of an emotional um, senior night experience for me. Uh, a handful of these guys were freshmen whenever I was a senior at mm-hmm. University of Hawaii. And um, to see everything that this group has gone through, I, I got a chance to talk with Coach Yoro just for a second, and we were reminiscing on everything that this crew has gone through, you know, three coaching uh, shifts, um, a pandemic. Um, We had a teammate um, pass away while he was on the roster, Cheyenne Sanatoa, our safety from America Samoa. Um, It's a lot more than just football with this crew. And I think whenever you have shared trauma, it just brings people closer together whether you're an athlete or just uh, a regular a regular joe like it's just uh th- that's what life is all about is sticking with each other through and through when uh when things get hard and uh i think that's everything you want out of a university of hawaii uh team and and football football player is um one that doesn't shy down from adversity and this team has definitely seen their fair share of theirs yeah i i, I think that's really well put uh, really well put. And um, I think this group has endeared themselves to the the dedicated fan base uh, of Hawaii football with the way that they have kind of gone about their business, right? And and a lot of them sticking with their commitment to the University of Hawaii um, and seeing it through um, when many of them had the opportunity maybe to go finish up elsewhere. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit more of that here in the second half. But uh, I think that Hunter's uh, sentiments there, a nice way to kind of wrap up our opening half here. Uh, and what an awesome, awesome senior night. So nobody does uniques overused. It, sure. it really means one of one, right? Not like three of, of a thousand. Um, yeah. but they, Hawaii senior night is, is like nothing else, right? Hawaii Aloha blaring over the sound system. And it's just, it's chicken skin, everything about it. it it's, it's the best. It, it's absolutely the best. Um, We'll take a quick halftime break and then get into the season finale when we come back here on Hawaii Football Now. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second halftime here on episode 65. Season finale coming up in San Jose uh, Saturday. It's a 10.30 a.m. Hawaii kickoff, so a little bit earlier start time. Here as Hawaii hits the road once again, uh, countdown to kickoff on ESPN Honolulu begins at 8.30, I do believe. I know Hunter was uh, filling in on countdown to kickoff last week um, before the UNLV game. It's Spectrum pay-per-view if you want to watch that on television. The two teams meet once again for the Dick Tomey Legacy Trophy. This will be the uh, 43rd all-time meeting, Hawaii leading the uh, 45th all-time meeting, I should say. Hawaii leading the all-time series 22-21-1. and <laughs> One time between these two. San Jose comes in six and four overall, four and three in the Mountain West after losing two in a row, right? They were in kind of nice position at four and one um, to to still challenge uh, for the Mountain West West Division crown. They've lost two in a row, 35-31 at Utah State last weekend, lost to San Diego State the week prior. Uh, They've kind of beat everybody you would expect them to beat, Wyoming, Nevada, UNLV, Colorado State, and then they've lost... um, to San Diego State, Fresno, and Utah State uh, along the way. San Jose State is 5-0 and at home this year, trying to go 6-0 and for the first time in a long while in that program's history. 
you'll be like, oh, they've, they've only played 10 games this season. Well, he's played 12, right, in their usual 13-game schedule. Most other teams playing 12 games during the regular season. You remember the postponement of the New Mexico State game following the, the tragic death um, in a traffic accident of uh, one of their players, Camden McWright. Uh, so San Jose State's played the last three or four weeks with a pretty heavy heart. And, of course, the the big storyline, right, for, for everybody locally is going to be the fact that it's a reunion of sorts. Uh, with San Jose State quarterback, former University of Hawaii signal caller, Chevin Cordero, who started 23 games in his University of Hawaii career, appeared in a few more of those, right, uh, as as the relief pitcher, if you will. Um, you know, he's, he's having an outstanding season with Brent Brennan up there in the Bay Area, 268 yards per game through the air, 60.5% completion percentage, 18 touchdowns and just three interceptions. He's also second on the team in rushing to nobody's surprise. Uh, Elijah Cooks is a stud. He's his favorite target uh, through the air. Uh, I think I'm curious to kind of get your take on this because I know for Shevin, it had to have been probably the hardest decision of his life to leave. Right. And, and I think his departure really was the, the big domino that got everything going when it came to uh, everything that came to light with the end of the Todd Graham era, the Senate hearing, the ultimate resignation of Todd Graham that led to the hiring of Timmy Chang. If Shevin doesn't transfer, I don't know if that happens. I don't, I, I really don't think to be quite honest that we are here in this situation. I, I think Todd Graham is still probably the head coach of the university of Hawaii. If, if Cordero stays, um, and I don't think there is a whole lot of animosity from the guys that remained on the roster at the University of Hawaii. Um, I know he is still tight with a lot of those guys um, that were his former teammates. Um, I think there is a certain group of Hawaii fans that that have a little ill will toward him and, and the other guys who transferred out uh, at the end of the Graham era. Um, there are folks that still believe that, hey, you make your commitment, you got to stick to it, right? If he wants to go play for another team, then you know, forget them, you know, for, for lack of a better term, I would, I don't fall in that camp. Uh, I, I think what his decision was, was, was absolutely heart wrenching. Uh, and, and I, I do think that for, it'll be played up in the media. It'll be played up on social media. That is for sure. Uh, but I think really when it comes down to it, uh, for the guys that'll be involved in the ball game, Shevin and, and his former teammates at the university of Hawaii, uh, I still think there's a lot of aloha there. Like, I, oh. I, I don't think it's this is going to be, you know, this isn't, um, you know, Jaden Delora playing Washington State once again. Uh, you know, this this isn't that. Um, and, and I think, you know, uh, it may get a little strawn out in a, in a different light. Uh, but I think it's going to be pretty emotional for 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 Shevin, right, um, to finish out the season or at least the regular season because they are bowl bound um against the the program that he grew up with absolutely um before i get into like my my se segment here transfers are a sticky situation it's different for everybody you you don't know what they're going through the reasoning behind the scenes for the decision it's different literally for every single situation um and so I think as as players, we're we're excited for each other whenever you get an opportunity to play somewhere else. Um, any anytime you have success elsewhere, yeah, obviously you hope 
he would have that success here and he would stick it out the whole time. But you got to do what's best for you. And in this new era of college football with name, image, and likeness, with Shevin still the only um, Hawaii player or with Hawaii football ties with a name, a name, image, and likeness deal, I will say. Um, and in the transfer portal, new era that we find ourselves in, this stuff is going to be more and more commonplace, Jordan. I just really feel like that's going to be the MO of uh, of University of Hawaii football, unfortunately. And that's part of the game is how do we keep these guys here? Um, but uh, yeah, this is, this is really unique. Um, very rarely in college football do we see um, a starting quarterback leave a, uh, a school and then they're, they're, they're starting to become a little bit of a rivalry for us with San Jose. Um, it would almost be like a Michigan quarterback leaving and going over and starting at Ohio State the very next year. Um, with the new transfer rules, um, you can leave and start playing at a new school the very next season. Um, and to transfer to a school in conference when we know we're going to see them again, we play San Jose every single season. So it's, uh, it's an interesting deal right here for sure. And um, you're exactly right. His departure from UH um throws the other dominoes down of Nick Martiner going to Cincinnati, Jordan Lalu going to Oklahoma, um, um, uh, Muasau going to UCLA, and a slew of other guys going to a, a few other schools. Um, you're exactly right. He was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back of the unit that we had last year. Um, and it's, it's kind of... Uh, the the main ingredient whenever you talk about what could have been we, we had a team man. all of my former players that come on the sideline that's the first thing we talk about we're like man everybody says you know we don't have a team this or that we had one if if those guys would have stayed here we would have been <laughs> a preseason favorite I really believe that for the Mountain West Championship when you consider um the prowess and uh, the careers that these guys had as underclassmen at University of Hawaii. And now later on the success at each of the teams that all these guys have gone to, it's a big deal. So, um, but as far as the interpersonal relationships, I think there's going to be nothing but aloha for, for Shevin from all of the guys. I expect nothing but, uh, but warmth from them. Maybe a couple of guys on the defense who are uh, tasked with ha having to bring him down, but um uh, Jonah Kahavai Welch and him, uh, before they were freshmen, they trained together at Tactical Fitness. Um, that was when I first met those guys uh, down there. And so uh, the, the roots run deep with a, a former quarterback and former player like this. Yeah, it's it, it'll be fun. I think those guys will have some fun with it. Um, Shevin and, and then the guys that remain at the University of Hawaii. But yeah, I just I, I don't think it, it to be fair. Some of those transfers, some of those guys entered the portal before Shevin. Right. Totally. Uh, in some of the, the but, you know, I mean, you know, you're, whether it's Jonah Laulu or Day Day Hunter or or any number of these other guys, Nick Mardner, um, even Darius Musau to an extent. But I think, you know, what really what really sounded the alarm bells for folks outside the program uh, and I think led to the public discourse for better oh, or worse 
is is the fact that the quarterback, right? He's the face of the program. He's the local kid uh, from St. Louis school, um, rose to prominence, you know, in his senior year at St. Louis, uh, helping lead that team to a, a state championship and uh, was a big deal. deal when he committed yeah. to, to stay home, right, uh, under Rolo. And so I, I don't know if the Senate hearing takes place. I don't know if, you know, everything that comes with that after that i i if 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 shevin doesn't transfer right and and so again for whatever the state of the program is currently uh i think that was really the 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 plug that kind of opened the floodgates um for for the university of hawaii so they go up to san jose um first meeting in san jose since 2018 by the way remember that 2020 san jose state home game was played on oahu due to covid restrictions up there uh, in their home county in the South Bay. Uh, that 2018 team uh, or 2018 game was a memorable one as well. The five overtime win for the University of Hawaii. San Jose State has won two in a row uh, in the meetings against the University of Hawaii. Uh, they're a really kind of sound football team, even though the six and four record, um, they average about 28 points per game, give up about 21, uh, run for 80 something, throw for about 270. Most of their production comes in the passing game, they're plus 13 in turnover margin, which leads the Mountain West and is good for third in the country. Um, Spartans only have five turnovers total on the season, uh, four on offense, one on special teams, which is good for second in the country behind USC, right? Uh, Caleb Williams is amazing at taking care of the football. They also get after the quarterback. They have 21 sacks in their last four games and are fourth in the country and first in the Mountain West, averaging three and a half sacks per game. Uh, 33 total sacks in the Mountain West, which leads the conference. Um, they've they've got they've got some dues, including Kate Hall, um, who leads the, the the team with seven and a half sacks. And so, uh, I bring up those points to to kind of talk about you know everything feels good coming off the win. But this a this is a tough opponent in San Jose uh, that the University of Hawaii is going to go up and play against. Yeah, we're going to have our hands full, Jordan. Um, we've. Uh... <laughs> Kind of been joking. If we don't get our act together, uh, Shevin's going to have a heyday with us. Um, from a defensive perspective and then offense, we're going to have our hands full keeping up with uh, this this offense and passing attack that they have right now. Um, he, I think in my mind, is maybe the, the favorite to win Mountain West uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Um, he's right up there in that conversation. So, um, this is not a normal San Jose team right now. I think, uh, Hawaii is, uh, absolutely going to need to be at their best to, uh, to handle them this weekend. Yeah. I think without a doubt, 14 and a half points, uh, San Jose state favored by currently again, we record this Tuesday morning about seven 30 AM. Uh, it's going to be an emotional game. No doubt about it for a number of reasons in the final game. Uh, for a number of seniors in this program, we know that there is no bowl game uh, to find their way into uh, at three and nine. They are trying to avoid just the fifth season in program history with 10 losses. They're, they're going to give it uh, their all, no doubt about it. And uh, as part of our overtime segment, we'll spend a little more time here this week, but just kind of wanted to go down the list of the 20 seniors that were honored uh, and recognized on senior night. You got Stephen Bernal went the offensive lineman tight end combo Borden, who's played quite a bit this season after Jordan Murray was moved to wide receiver. Uh, speaking of receivers, you got the likes of Zion Bowens, uh, Jordan Murray, uh, quarterback Armani Eden, offensive lineman Ra Elkington, 
uh, linebacker George Hooker, offensive lineman Austin Hopp, uh, linebacker Noah Kamanad, Leonard Lee, the safety, uh, tackle Il Manning, defensive back Hugh Nelson, Deidre Parson, who's been outstanding uh, since he came over from Howard, uh, the Philadelphia running back, uh, Pone Povihi, Jalen Purdue, Caleb Phillips, the Stanford transfer, who has had a nice kind of second act to his career on the offensive side of the football. Bless Mintala, who just doesn't miss games. Yeah. <laughs> John Tui Tupole, he and, he and Tala, I think, really, really came a long way this season in terms of shoring up that defense. You got Colby Wyatt, uh, another guy who came over as a tight end, moved to defense. Uh, it had some impact this season, uh, uh, kind of off the edge. And then you got Micah Vanterpool as well as the 20th senior. 12 of the 20 seniors are, are either full-time or part-time starters. So there's a lot of experience that is leaving this group. El Manning, Bless Mintala have been four-plus-year starters, really, right? Manning starting 58 of 60 career games. Uh, Blessman, 49 career starts, playing in all 62 of his career games. I mean, they, not many guys have played that sheer number of contests in a University of Hawaii uniform. And those two guys will go down as, as two of the memorable um, in Hawaii history. But it, it's just, uh, it's a group, we, we talked a little bit about it in the first half, that that is stuck together. And I think, you know, the, the leadership shown by this group through the turmoil, right, especially on that offensive line, a lot of these guys sticking together, Hop and Manning and Vanterpool, um, you know, Bernal Wentz, uh, all of those guys starting beginning of the season, right? Ra Elkington uh, as part of that rotation uh, at times. And so, you know, I thought those guys really set the tone. And I, I think, you know, one other thing that that I, I wanted to point out too is, you know, some of these guys came in as, as Todd Graham recruits, right? Hugh Nelson, um, some of these others, uh, you know, Caleb Phillips. And we all know how it went at the end. Um, it's, it's no secret. Uh, everybody's, you know, aware of the unceremonious the 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 pretty bitter separation right once once Todd Graham yeah you know and so but but these guys were brought in by Todd Graham right and so they are you know for lack of a better term Graham guys right and they they could have easily you know resisted the change they could have easily you know dissented to the the way that things played out they could have easily you know not bought in um but they did you know, and those guys did and they found success and they've played well uh, and they've they've worked themselves into the fabric of of this, you know, reinvented brotherhood uh, identity that is the University of Hawaii. And I think for, for guys like that, right, guys that came in under previous coaching staff, it's always tough to win them over. But I think Timmy Chang and his staff have done a good job of doing that, especially with the the radioactive nature of the previous departure, right? So I, I I think those guys deserve a lot of credit. I think guys like Kamu Borden, who have stuck through four head coaches, guys like Il Manning, who have helped shepherd this program through multiple coaching changes, right? It's just, you know, Deidre Parsons, another one of those guys that came over, you know, under the the, the very immediate um, coaching staff. Like they, they, they've gone, everybody's gone through something a little bit different, but um, this group just deserves a lot of, a lot of kudos um, and, and just wanted to kind of go down the list uh, a, a decently long one, but uh, a worthwhile exercise, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to name a couple guys, uh, Ra Elkington and uh, Stephen Bernal Wentz were actually on scout team uh, with me uh, whenever uh, we were players together. And uh, especially with uh, SBW, uh, Stephen Bernal Wentz went from walk on scout team 
earning a spot on our offensive line and then ultimately going all the way to earning a full ride scholarship at University of Hawaii. Um, that's very difficult to do, um, especially at a spot like O-line, which is one of the the main recruit um, focused uh, position groups. You, you mm-hmm. need to recruit for your offensive line. That's just what needs to happen. So um, speaks to his toughness and perseverance. Um, and then also kind of in the same vein of offensive line, you mentioned it earlier, watching those guys put Ill Manning on their shoulders and walk with him together um, for his senior walk um, was pretty special. Uh, I really liked how Coach Timmy kind of organized this senior walk. It was um, not so much focused on one player in particular, but if that player had a couple guys that wanted to go with with it um, through together. Like when Armani Eden walked through, um, uh, Dior Scott walked right alongside him. It's uh, that was pretty cool to see yeah. that um, it, it wasn't just uh, one guy, and then they wait for the hugs and people are clapping. It was a very warm and uh, um, a lot of a lot of aloha and a lot of mana in that experience, man. It, you're exactly right. I, I had chicken skin the whole time, so very very cool way to send those guys out. Well, yeah, the um, underclassmen did like a haha for the for the yes, seniors at one true. point. Like it, it, you're right, there was a lot of warmth. Uh, I thought it felt kind of very organic, very uh, very family, right? Uh, and I, I agree with you. I, I love the way that they kind of set it up and, and went about things. It was it was really cool. Um, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with you after next week's game at San Jose. Hopefully, perhaps maybe another win to close out the season. That'd be pretty nice to talk about. Uh, but regardless, Hunter and I will be back with you. Uh, episode 66 next week, man. We're racking these things up. As you said, we'll basically be through two full seasons uh, here on the pod. Uh, any final thoughts, Hunter, before we head on out of here? Man, Jordan, I hope that our Bears quarterback doesn't just <laughs> shoot himself in the foot with uh, playing his heart out. Poor guy. He, um, we're of course talking about Justin Fields, my uh, my other Bears fan across the way over on Maui. Jordan Helle. Uh, we don't have a team, but we have one heck of a quarterback yeah. who has a fighting, competitive spirit all the way to getting himself hurt this last weekend. And it would be just like the Chicago Bears to not build around him and let him just uh, put his uh, career in the drain with uh, playing too hard and end up getting uh, career-endingly hurt. So I want him to stay healthy and stay patient for them to build around him. That's my final thought. Yeah, just get get the man some help. Get him yeah. some help. Build the roster out. That'd be nice. Um, it would be, it would be uh, beneficial to his health as well so he doesn't have to you know do everything literally everything on offense all right that'll do it for us we'll be back next week enjoy the game this weekend everybody again uh 10 30 kickoff earlier start uh we'll have all the coverage for you here on espn honolulu with countdown to kickoff starting at 8 30 on your airwaves on the app on whatever you listen to the station on uh the guys will have you covered there that'll do it for us big thanks to jaron uh producing once again keeping this thing going. Uh, Big thanks to you, Hunter, and everybody for listening in as well. And mahalo to Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA, Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. Eat up. 
You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.